Hello and welcome to the Dungeon Masters Guildhouse. Uh, this is a weekly podcast where I, your host, Matthew Webby, sit down with people all across the tabletop, RPG and DM's guild space as I, I smack my pop filter. <laughs> this week, again, I am, I'm, I'm privileged to be joined by Lydia Van Hoy. Hello. Hi. Hi, how, how are we doing? Good. Nice. No, I get, again, I th- yeah, thank you so much for joining me and stuff like that. Let's just jump straight into it. Uh, yeah, so for the kind of people listening, um, I guess the, the kind of the first question off the bat is is kind of like what's your what's your niche on the DMs Guild? What sort of products are you kind of known for? Um, I'm trying to think of like a good three word Ooh. like description. Elevator um, pitch. But I can't. Um, it's all gay. <laughs> it's all political. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, the, the, <laughs> and, no, and it's all stuff that probably most people would look at and be like, "Who wants to play D and D like that?" No, <laughs> I must admit, was it the, 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 the I'm going to try and think of three words, and the first three words coming out, it's all gay. I, I, you know, what? I think that's good. That's good branding. Um, yeah. <laughs> no, because was it so? It, in particular, it's uh, was it things like um, the Half Race Handbook, and then also kind of followed on by the Adventurers. Uh, was it is it Domestic Handbook? Domestic Handbook, yeah. Yeah, so it's kind of like seems to be like a lot of almost like um, not supplementary rules, but replacement rules. Um, yeah, um, a lot of supplements, but there's also a lot of just straight replacements too. So, so I guess I guess kind of like the the, the first question. So if we take the was it when actually I'm getting ahead of myself a little bit, but. Uh, when did you kind of like start like publishing on the DMs Guild, and and more importantly, kind of what what did you start with? Um, the first, the first thing I ever published was the Humble Beginnings classes for commoners, and it's just three normal. I think there's like commoner, farmer, and merchant. Nice. Normal person classes. They're full one to twenty classes. They're totally viable. They're just I'm, not I'm, no I'm, patrons or. <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of curious now. So, what's like the the, the, the capstone thing for like a farmer? <laughs> is, it, they, 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 is it is it sort of druidic or is it just like we just have a really no. good year? <laughs> um, it's not druidic at all. It's more like a hardiness and oh, okay life skill. <laughs> <laughs> I just, no, I, I just kind of, yeah, I suppose it's kind of very in keeping with the you know, common theme to be like, yeah, no, I, level 20, uh, really successful marketing year, uh, fantastic harvest, like our grain is peak. Right. <laughs> um, but no, no, interesting. And then, so how long ago would you say you threw that up then? That was October 2019. Fair. And, and then kind of the, that, that I, I guess the question I always like to try and latch onto that one in is like, what was, what was the, like the inspiration? Where were you like, why did you want to publish on the DMs Guild? Um, because I'm a single mom, honestly. <laughs> and I needed a job and I was like, I can make a job for myself writing D&D content. So why wouldn't I do that? <laughs> <laughs> so no, no, f- fantastic. And and yeah, I, I, it's, it's, I must be, I'm, I'm always kind of beyond impressed by the people who kind of take the sort of like full-time dive into into the sort of like t- like RPG creation and stuff like that. Um, was, was it, again, was it particularly like, I, I don't want to say like nerve-wracking? Or is it, was, I, I, I don't, again, I don't know. Oh I'm... yeah, it was absolutely terrifying. Um, <laughs> be, I didn't intend to go full-time 
I mean, I wasn't doing anything else, but I didn't intend to be like, this is going to be my 30, 40 hours a week that I work on this. And this is going to be my sole income. And then I released the half race handbook and it did really well. I think it hit silver at least in the first day if not if not electrum and after that i was like yeah i can (laughs) yeah i can do this no it's incredible and then then, so i i I guess the the there's been again if i remember correctly the half race handbook kind of preempted a lot of the kind of discussion around um uh i guess like race uh at least within the yeah uh, so I, I'm kind of curious then. So like, what, uh, like, what was your thought process in kind of being like ahead of the curve? <laughs> um, well, it was just for personal selfish reasons, <laughs> honestly, because I wanted to make these characters. It's, it's, it's a, would you say that's kind of like a good part of your like design process then? Is, is it sort of the things that you kind of want to be, want to have at your own table or, you know, things that you want to be playing that you kind of like, yeah, absolutely. No, interesting. Was was there a particular like sort of combination, like a half race combination that was kind of like the, the driving inspiration? Um, so in not my last campaign at this point, but my favorite campaign that I've played in, we had a tabaxi who through enough joking, the DM agreed, sure, the white dragon can be his girlfriend. <laughs> And I was going to play a half dragon, half tabaxi, <laughs> and it never happened. Oh, so it always like in like you know the sort of campaign set like a few years afterwards. This like yeah, sort of, like, this, yeah, yeah. No. And and then uh, so it was kind of and then what was there any like sort of I guess design challenging uh, challenges to essentially I guess like. Because with, with the, the half race hammer, it is kind of like, again, splitting some of the races kind of in half and, and yeah. trying to sort of balance that. I'm, I'm curious about how you navigate it. Um, honestly, if I did it now, after having the experience I have, I probably would have done it a completely different way. But thankfully, there's a lot of like resources out there like Detect Balance. Mm-hmm for balancing races specifically that kind of assign everything a point cost and make it a little bit easier to split things up. So was that something that you kind of use and were you kind of using these sort of like balancing tools to try and try and keep them all within like a relative sort of range of one another? Yeah, this was before I had actually found Detect Balance and started (laughs) using it. Yeah. But I did sort of the same thing, just sort of going and looking at like the relative power level of each thing and giving it its own weight. Mm-hmm. I, I guess I'm, I'm kind of curious then, because uh, so this kind of came up with, um, uh, was I uh, speaking with um, Darren Kenny, and he said that uh, one of his friends kind of put together a um, spreadsheet for determining the strength of like, or the damage output for subclasses. Mm-hmm. Um, do you remember like what was the most like by like by 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 the numbers or by the weight what was like the most powerful race? Um probably Asmar. Yeah. Asmar are really strong with their transformation. Yeah, they get they get some cool stuff. Followed probably surprisingly by the Grong that they put out. Oh. 
with their poison skin and the ability to poison weapons is surprisingly valuable. Yeah. I, no, I, I like that. I, 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 I don't know. I love the grown. I mean, I know like it's, it's, I think with the grown, it's that particular, like when you read them in like human violation, they're, they're pretty, they're pretty like evil. They're pretty like nasty thing, but they're so cute. And it's like the little, <laughs> little, like, was it this? There's, there's that gif online of like a frog moving and you know, it's just the, the idea of like the, the, the wet feet slapping on the ground like a duck. Right. It's, I just imagine that anytime they move and then I, I just can't be mad at them. Um, no, <laughs> Sorry. I just, I just, I just felt compelled to share my share my love for Grunge. <laughs> um, no, interesting. And then, I, so that was essentially a, a kind of runaway success. Um, the 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 kind of the half race handbook and stuff like that. Um, yeah. I, I guess I'm I'm curious then. So, how long after the uh, your sort of set of common classes did you kind of release the the half race handbook? Um, the classes came out in October and the half race handbook came out in December. So it was just a couple of months. Okay, between them. So yeah, still, still, I uh, still kind of pretty early in sort of like churning, churning through products yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. Really wow. early. I got, uh, I got really lucky. It took me from, I think right before it came out, I was doing a giveaway trying to get to like 200 followers. Yeah. And it, I just all of a sudden had like 1200. <laughs> <laughs> Just you know, you blink, you blink and miss it. Yeah. So I guess I guess I'm kind of curious then. So um, the uh, it, w w yeah, no, I mm, I'm trying I'm trying to think of like what like, first of all I'm trying to think of what my question is. Um, but I guess so. What was necessarily the, the kind of path from uh, obviously with the commoner class to the sort of the half race handbook, then kind of also into the kind of domestic handbook. There is kind of like a, a theme of kind of offering, um, I guess the more sort of like, no, I don't, I don't want to call it mundane, but I mean like almost like- That's the, what it is, yeah. yeah. The sort of like day-to-day -day sort of life of adventurers and people. Um, mm -hmm. I, I'm kind of curious. So where does that, where does that like inspiration come from that you kind of want to try and bring that more into like D&D &D as a whole? Um, well, for one, that's just the kind of games that I like to play. Like, I prefer to be able to, like, retire my character yeah. and go do something, you know, go start a business or something. Um, and even, like, that's just been kind of my general introduction to D&D, too, because my entire introduction to D&D I owe to my dad and hearing stories about playing in high school and stuff like that and all of their stories it's like yeah you know we were a bunch of evil characters but I had a wife and kids and <laughs> like everybody had these followers that came along with us and I was like yeah I want to play that <laughs> no I, I, I do like what is it yeah there's like I, I, I unquestionably like lawful evil character who manages to sort of turn it all off before he gets home you're like you know leaves right. work at the door <laughs> gets, like takes off the, the sort of helm that just billows smoke um yeah no no i i see what you mean yeah and and i must admit like i i think there's there's been jokes around it on the internet and stuff like that it's like it's very rare for like a rogue to be like yeah no i had i had some loving parents they're very supportive of my my line of work um, right and that's that's why all of the backgrounds i make too um especially what's been like on my patreon lately is just family friendly no depressing backstory like mm. here's your good happy childhood background <laughs> yeah. 
Which yeah, I mean, yeah, it's 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 it, it's weird that in 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 the world of like you know uh, the the Nisa fire, that's weirdly uncommon. Like it's 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 most it's it, it's I suppose it's kind of like leaning into the trope of like you know every adventurer is 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 deeply deeply troubled in some way. But no, no, I, I, I oh, sorry. I was just gonna say it makes sense to me. Um, like whenever we were working on the domestic handbook, part of part of our like kind of philosophy was you know people play these games to escape Mm -hmm. well if you're playing something to escape you don't want it to just be you know fighting and oh you failed at this or you know you want something fulfilling yeah happy (laughs) yeah no i i I think as well because i think it 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 yeah, it kind of opens up that that whole new area of, of kind of role play that so so many people are kind of used to sort of the you know trudging through a, a x number of dungeons um mm. and to kind of have the moment of like okay yeah you return home and you're meeting your mother and it's like you know that, that that's something is 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 again it, it's it's such a rare kind of yeah it feels weird that that's a rare experience to kind of have at the table and stuff like that but it's yeah. kind of opens up a new you know opportunity of I guess like wholesome role play, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the, that's that's the point. Yeah. So I, I guess uh, so in kind of putting together the um, uh, domestic handbook, then um, was there is there anything that you kind of put in there that you're like particularly proud of? Oh God, all of it. Um, <laughs> yeah. uh, we've got maybe not the proudest, but my favorite. Yeah are probably the magical RVs <laughs> that you can bring your family around and upgrade on and everything. And then all of the NPCs, I think we ended up with like 20 something NPCs, 25. And they've all got like, they've just got full backstories and little side quests and stuff like that. And I love them. And I think that's like, we did such a great job on them. <laughs> No, I must admit it's it, it's those those sort of uh, tool tools of just you know having like a character that's again easily to kind of drop within kind of anything. I yeah, I, I find I, that those are the sort of products that are like endlessly useful because sometimes you just I just need a person. I just and, and right. <laughs> this is this is essentially like a fully formed uh, person that kind of been kind of dropped in anywhere. Um, mm-hmm. I'm curious, have you heard like online about anyone having any sort of like interactions with some of the characters that you've created? I haven't, honestly, um, and I would love to. I'm surprised I haven't, because maybe, maybe. like the the half race handbook, I hear about people's characters all the time. <laughs> like, I just want to know who's dating what NPC. Yeah. Come on, <laughs> it's like that. I just I just want to know that they're happy. I wanna... <laughs> <laughs> right. No, yeah, no. I, I suppose yeah. I, it's yeah. It's, uh, the the sort of people ready to kind of tell you um, about their characters is yeah. I feel like any everyone has that that one character that they play. They just want an excuse to kind of chat about. And I think what was yeah. It with, yeah, with with the half race handbook, it's kind of easy to be like, oh no, yeah, this is this is a doozy. <laughs> no, interesting. Um, and th- and then yeah, so kind of like from from the domestic handbook. Um. And were there any other sort of like standout products that you kind of like would like to chat about? I'm trying to think. I've done so much at this point. That, like, <laughs> sometimes I just have to sit and be like, what did I write? Um, I've just done so much. Yeah. Um, 
eyes unclouded. Oh, fantastic. I don't even have to say anything else about it. Just <laughs> beautiful. Um, I, so I've I got some it. stuff coming that I'm excited about, but as far as stuff that's come out, those are the those are the two big standouts. <laughs> so I, I guess actually was so far eyes eyes unclouded. Yeah, uh, if uh, if whoever is in the people listening have haven't heard of it, and I, I, I'm assuming they have, but again, you, you never know. Is <laughs> is is essentially it's a collection of Studio Ghibli, uh, yeah, Ghibli kind of inspired adventures. Um, I'm, which which adventure did you did you contribute to it then? Um, I did the layout design. Oh, yeah. So I didn't actually write anything, but I did make it look pretty. Yeah, well, I <laughs> so. mean, again, no, I, I, not like that's 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 hundred percent. I mean, that's that's a, a core part of every every sort of project is 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 kind of getting it through layout. And I imagine, yeah, it's yeah, Think about it, it's 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 it, it's a beautiful. It is a beautiful layout. Um, <laughs> Thank you. I, I take it. I take it. You kind of had like. Did Did you have fun in sort of like trying to create and kind of keep the sort of the essence of, of Studio Ghibli? I did. The only thing that I'm disappointed about is that we weren't able to do some sort of, you know, the beginning for Totoro. Uh, yes. It's got all the different stuff dancing across the bottom of the screen. Not. Not. Oh. Not, so not the little little sprite little uh no that's um that's a different film isn't it you know the little dust gremlins <laughs> um the beginning of totoro just has before the movie even starts it's just got you know cute little things dancing across the screen spiders and objects oh, okay. and cats and yeah. whatnot i think everyone really wanted to figure out how to do some sort of footer that yeah. resembled that and just nobody could make it work <laughs> Yeah, it, it's always a shame when, when uh, particularly when it comes to like uh, layout and you're trying to do all these little details and stuff like that. And then because again, the foot is, is a very small part of the page. Uh, and then sometimes when you zoom out, it's just like, oh, this doesn't look like like if you make it bigger and then you don't have enough words on the page. That's that's my problem with footers. I'm like, oh, this is beautiful, and then I realize just how much it takes up like an inch and a half of the bottom of the page, and I'm like. So, so I yeah. guess is is your kind of journey into uh, doing layout? Is it the case of like through your own products you were doing the layout, obviously for your for your own stuff, mm -hmm. and then it's like the, oh, this is this is kind of fun. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> yeah, and, and next thing you know, yeah, doing doing good layouts for other other people. I think that that's yeah, kind of similar story for me with like some covers. Is is I would I would go in and sort of create a cover, and then a few people are like, yeah, this, this it's pretty cool. Do you want to make me a cover? And it's like. Really, I, uh, I, I only do them for me, but maybe, maybe this is a, this is gonna, you know, I can, I can start doing it for other people. That's that's good to know that you do make covers for other people because multiple times I've been like, mm, one of those covers <laughs> would look real nice. I was like, oh, I don't want to buy all day. Thank you. No, I, yeah, yeah, I, 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 I sell most things. So honestly, it's like, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not picky, you know, uh, starving artists and all that. <laughs> So I guess then um, more talking more generally then about when you come to come to sort of sit down and, and start a sort of a project. Um, what, what is your like creative process then? Like where, where do your ideas start? Where do they come from? Is it? <laughs> Ooh, <right>? sorry. <laughs> that one snuck up on me. Yeah, I'm fine. Um, honest, I'll be honest. I have... <coughs> no idea what creative process means because I just sit down and do it. Yeah. I yeah. don't, 
I don't really I plan stuff out if I'm having like if I'm having to give writing assignments and stuff Mm -hmm. but if I'm just working on something myself I just sit down and start typing and (laughs) hope it makes something so so I I take it so are you are you so you're not I I take it from that so it doesn't sound like you're not like a big sort of like planner you don't sort of go through but you just you just just write kind of top top to bottom or do you kind of jump about all over the place uh, uh, it's all over the place. I'll write a little bit of one section or one feature for like class or something and then go do like something different or work on an entirely different project for a little bit and then come back to it. No, I, I, I must admit that there, there is something to that that I kind of like I almost had like an epiphany not too long ago um, because I am uh, I, I again I, I love skeleton document uh, sorry the document skeleton I don't know I, li- I like skeletons <laughs> is is that I go through and I sort of like ritual ritualistically kind of plan and you know do my headers and stuff like that um and then that kind of kind of sometimes I feel like it kind of forces me into kind of almost go through like chronologically I go from start to finish um mm-hmm. but when I kind of realized is sometimes when I'm hitting those roadblocks is the the order in which you write things really doesn't matter <laughs> like no one's gonna be like oh it feels like you know you, you could literally just kind of jump about and sometimes it's kind of easier than trying to kind of force your way through a particular section that you just need more time to kind right. of right gestate uh, gestate gest- yeah we'll say gestate <laughs> <laughs> um no interesting and and yeah fair I, yeah I, I think that it's always a case of like in, in terms of like why, why I ask people about their correct kind of correct process is it's always like there's again there's no right or wrong um and it is always kind of curious to hear about just just how people kind of get get on and do it um and yeah no i, I yeah i kind of it's 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 i have i have mad respect for like again uh, your 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 i guess your methodology of just i'm just gonna do it i'm, I'm gonna <laughs> say something's gonna get done like i've got this amount of time things are getting done um then i kind of guess guess leading on from there then is is there like a particular part that it like a part of a project that is your favorite um anything mechanical okay whenever it comes to writing like just like the fluff behind something can't get through that very quickly at all I can do it Mm -hmm. and I do but I could also sit down and do like subclass in 30 minutes yeah where writing like the fluff for that subclass might take me another hour. <laughs> <laughs> I, I must admit, there, I think, again, I spoke recently, is there is a certain level of comfort in, in subclass design because it is, it's, again, there, there's a structure to it. Like, you know, like if you're doing a right. in, there's like, um, do you, like, if you, if you had to like, I guess, is there any reason why you think you, there, there's a natural like um, ease for writing mechanics? I don't know, honestly. Um, I think that's just more how my mind works than working with like the fluffy story side of things. Yeah. Because like when I'm playing, obviously, you know, we create, you know, crazy great stories. But when it comes to just sitting down and writing something like that, I'm definitely not like a fiction writer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah there's, there's definitely kind of like... Um especially like I like the comfort or sorry I like again I like that when it comes to writing mechanics about spells or items is Mm -hmm. you have the resource of thousands of items to kind of look at and kind of refer to um 
when it comes to again yeah like you mentioned like the more fluffy stuff for like adventure writing um you have you again you've got all the adventure books but they vary like you know and then and, and you know the, i don't want to start the argument about box sex or no or <laughs> or bullet point list or you know, it's, yeah it's it's it, it gets more into that sort of yeah more fluff less, less mechanics that can be sometimes harder yeah to... there's there's less to reference so, i feel so i guess uh, in, in kind of uh in terms of mechanics writing then um is it like is it is would you say writing subclasses is like top of the list or like is are there are there some mechanics that you like writing more than subclasses um subclasses and things like that i would say are probably the easiest mm -hmm. you know i can sit down and i can churn them out quickly and do dozens um but i think my favorite thing about writing mechanics is oddly having to come up with something that hasn't been done before yeah so like you have all of this mechanical history that you can reference and i do a lot of referencing like 3.5 and fourth edition um because there's just so many rules and things that haven't been done in fifth edition but just to come up with something totally new but still feel confident that yes this works and doesn't break the game is probably my favorite I so is there any sort of particular examples of like a like a mechanic that kind of comes to mind that was like a, a particular design challenge? Um, for the domestic handbook and then also for supers and sorcery, it has a very similar system. Mm -hmm. I've made systems for training like NPCs. Okay. Because uh, I personally and a lot of the people I know always have like a huge band of NPCs following the party around. Yeah. Uh, so you might as well put them to use. <laughs> it's it's was it the the adventuring party is like a glorified adoption agency, <laughs> right? Um, but just figuring out how to scale that alongside player level, and have them be you know more useful than they were before, but not on the same level as the players. Yeah, was difficult. Yeah, I mean, I I I I I kind of in like what they've kind of done with the sort of psychic system. Mm -hmm. um, that was the that was the idea behind it and i was like this just is not enough for me yeah yeah i mean it wasn't there's you know that you kind of get penned into like oh are they a fighter or a mage and then you they kind of like pivot a little bit more to like oh maybe they can maybe they can heal maybe they can do some sneaky stuff um right yeah no i, I so i guess yeah no I, i'm curious so was what was was the sort of systems in place that you introduced for like training npcs was it kind of similar to like downtime rules or did you go I'm, I'm curious about what particular direction you kind of went with it um i'm not honestly at this point i'm not sure what the actual downtime rules for 5e are because i've written so many yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um it's not really anything you have to do yeah. so sort of like downtime or you know paying someone to make you something you know you come back and it's done yeah. as long as you have these npcs with you while you go on adventures okay like from level up to level up then that's how they learn no i mean it kind of makes sense you kind of learn more by being on the job so to speak <laughs> right <laughs> yeah yeah you know i yeah i i, I do I don't know why, but like, there's always been like a soft spot for me um, in terms of like what um, acquisitions incorporated. 
Um, and I, mm. I don't know, the idea of just having like adventuring interns. <laughs> like with you. Uh, I feel like yeah. again, th- acquisitions is I think the only streamed or recorded anything like that that I've ever actually been able to sit down and watch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's it's like I said, it's 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 sort of like was well, it sod's law that that is like a, even though it is a hardcover book, the DMs Guild we just don't 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 get a chance to play with it um and you can be a little bit cheeky about it you can be like oh here's some you know adventuring companies or franchises and, right. and then yeah uh and i it is i think it is on, on my like my to-do list is one thing that i would love to try and integrate um is rifle adventuring parties um mm-hmm. i think it kind of like leads into the idea of like you know uh, uh the idea of like you know the heroes having like family back home um to the idea that they're not the only adventurers in the world right like, you know there's there's gonna have to be other groups out there and, you know uh just having just you know a little bit of occasional banter with this sort of group that is you know maybe on like not the sort of competing against the same goal but again maybe they are um so again I, I, that's on my to-do list whether it ever gets done <laughs> who knows yeah i know that feeling <laughs> so then, oh, so yeah, so to, uh, again, se- segue aside to almost like to go around about then. So you, if your favorite kind of part of the project then is is the mechanical crunch, I guess is the least favorite part definitely, definitely the fluff or is there like another part that kind of stands out? Yeah. Yeah, I would think the fluff is the part that I least enjoy. <laughs> Except for like, uh, with the exception of like NPC backstories. Mm-hmm. Everything yeah. else. Yeah, no, I mean, it, yeah, I think it, 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 it's NPCs is like, again, because you kind of like, you're kind of imagining like a, a rounded character. Um, mm-hmm. Fluff, that, that is, yeah, it's a case of like, it's it's so nebulous. <laughs> and, and even though like, there was it, even I noticed in the sort of the fluff writing for like subclasses, there is kind of like a, a slight formula where they say, mm-hmm. oh, here's like three different, three different like characters using these abilities in exciting ways. Um, yeah, no, it's yes, it's still, still, still kind of like a, a, a smidge, smidgen different. Um, yeah. No, so I, I guess then, so kind of looking across, you know, as as you kind of like continued sort of developing as as a creator, then, um, is there like a particular lesson that you wish you'd learned just just a little bit earlier? I was thinking about this the other day. Um, I think it would have been hiring editors number one which I didn't do for a while um big collaborations are not as cool as you think they are and I think that's it yeah no I I must admit yeah no I think I so I guess it's 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 yeah I I yeah, I'm in that weird spot as well. So, uh, and having uh, like a sort of bunch of people to kind of come in and challenge. Uh, Universal hiring to death. That one, I can't, I can't really argue with. Um, big collaborations, though. I think they're they're tough ones because sometimes they are nice to get involved in. And again, it's it's kind of nice sometimes to have a, a small chunk that you kind of hand off and pass off. Um, right. But I think if I look at like everything I've kind of contributed to and everything I'm involved in. Um, I think I have like nine projects kind of waiting to be released that are like the, yeah. these sort of big collaborations. Um, and it, it's, I guess, yeah, the, the, the timeline 
of like how how long it's yeah you, you forget you getting, go- getting so many moving pieces to move in sync with each other is really difficult <laughs> yeah. so i'm curious then so what, what has been yours like obviously um with um eyes unclouded um what has kind of been your role in, in some of these collaborations um well for eyes unclouded i did the layout design um i did the layout design for the princess project as well oh with cat evans um and we kind of handed that back and forth and then i think most of most of the big stuff like that anthologies and whatnot has pretty much been layout because i'm not adventure writer mm-hmm. um and those are the ones that i've noticed are the least like yeah okay cool we did it we made something really cool yeah now let's go play with something else yeah versus like settings which are a little bit more labor intensive and mm-hmm. exciting yeah yeah no i, I yeah i think yeah i think especially when it comes to like um like compendiums and stuff mm-hmm. like that where it's a case of like again it is 15 isolated experiences kind of condensed into one which is like nice because eventually you know you have the like occasional sort of group brainstorming and you know there's sort of that sort of camaraderie of like hey we're all in this together mm-hmm. um but those, yeah those, those kind of projects where it is like um I guess yeah everyone kind of like in in the pits of designing <laughs> there's, there, there's something about knowing that you're gonna make 15 cents a copy too yeah. on like an adventure anthology or something that I think sucks a little bit of the fun <laughs> yeah yeah I, it's always it's always a trade-off though isn't it because like you know like in just by the nature of or like you know the nature of having like 15 people on a product that kind of gets more eyes on it and it gets mm-hmm. therefore sell but then it's like well if there were less people would it sell like i would get a higher percentage but then maybe they would sell it's, but then we'd sell less copies yeah. <laughs> it's it's, it's, it's you, you can't win either way there's there's you know a balancing thing right um yeah, no, I, I, yeah, I, I think I, I do, I do agree with you with like collaborations. I think it, it's, it's, it's what I'm finding is, is, is the smaller scale ones are, are probably more, um, sort of more, I guess, more gratifying in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, because again, and, the des- oh, sorry. Um, you can just, I think, have like a better group experience whenever you're mm-hmm. working on something with like, three or four people versus you know there's 10 plus writers and 10 plus artists and everything like that the 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 one i guess the the one kind of like thing that i'm sometimes finding is is being involved in in sort of setting projects um Mm -hmm. especially like kind of larger scale ones is i like i i get given my designation of what i'm writing say i've got got to write x number of locations or, or whatever it is um, I do worry about like stepping on people's toes and it is it's it's it becomes so much mm-hmm. like it, it like it it, it becomes like a set as you can imagine a setting itself is kind of really hard to stay on top of in terms of like this is the these are the universal rules these are the you know the groups the races the factions and you know, right um and I guess it's the case of where I, I don't envy, I suppose, the project manager or the editors who kind of have to go through and, and kind of... Yeah, I imagine having to edit 30 different voices to all sound like the same writer voice is exhausting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I know for a fact, I, 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 I do write very much like I talk. 
um, <laughs> which is painfully British. <laughs> um, yeah, no, yeah, it's it's yeah, it, it's a tough one. Um, but I, I I think I think especially I suppose newer creators and stuff like that, it uh, collaborations are always always a kind of good kind of foot. Oh, in the absolutely. Um, um, I did the Princess Project very early, and like I'm even with it being an adventure anthology, I'm really glad I did mm -hmm. because you just, you make so many valuable connections that way too. Yeah, it's, it's kind of like the idea of like, you see um, see like a huge collaboration and then within the next like two to three months afterwards, or even two to three months after the project finishes, but it's not released yet because again, the timeline of the things are huge. Uh, you see sort of like mini baby projects that kind of stem from like, you know, the, mm -hmm. the creators kind of like, you know, pairing off or, um, yeah no yeah I, I yeah I, I I think they're great but yeah they're they're, they're unyieldy I guess is, is is the kind of um, yeah nice way about it um I what was that I haven't it's it's been a while since I've actually no I I was about to say it's been a while since I've led a uh, collaboration but I'm leading one right now it's just in editing so <laughs> I feel like once it enters the editing phase I'm I'm somehow I'm it. project manager <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah that's that's all Bob's problem now um no interesting um then. I, I guess I'm kind of curious then about, I guess if you don't mind kind of chatting about like what's some of the stuff that you're kind of like working on right now? Um, right now I've got maybe two Kickstarters in the, that are gonna launch in the next two or three months. One of which is my own um, a while back sometime last year. I made a card game. I had, you know, my own little copy printed and everything. And I was going to do a Kickstarter and I got, I don't know why, just demoralized. And I was like, nah, I'll just keep it for myself. And then like last week I was like, no, <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> so I've also decided that that's going to have a setting, but more of like, the Volo Guide to Waterdeep. Okay. The little 40 page. Yeah. Just like on a single city versus like something huge. Um, Lovers in Arms will be coming out on Valentine's Day, which I have to say out loud so that I force myself to get it done <laughs> in time. Yeah. And it will be nearly 50 more NPCs in the same style as the domestic handbook. Oh, fantastic. So they're like full two to four page write-ups for each NPC. Um, I'm currently working on a classless D20 system Ooh. and a Wizard of Oz setting for it. The next... I don't know how... Yeah, the name's already been said on Twitter. Okay. Uh, the next Daylight Publications... Setting comets and cockpits. Yep. I'm working on. I, th I think I think I've always also said that I'm working on that one. If not, this is my this is this is our announcement together. <laughs> so. Yeah. Um, so I, uh, there's one big secret project that's going to be really cool. I don't think I can talk about it. Yeah. No. I, again, if if in any doubt, don't. <laughs> I think it's best. <laughs> right. so um, and I know that's not all. But that's all that's coming to no, mind. No, I'm, I'm kind of fascinated going to chat about what, so, uh, this card game. Uh, do you mind talking about it a little bit more? Um, 
give me just one second because i have it here at my desk somewhere and i can pull it out and actually kind of show it off no i mean yeah it's and and i i yeah i guess the 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 kind of the follow-up question would be like do you have like a, a sort of set time that you're going to sort of throw it up on Kickstarter? Is it like, like within, within the next months or? Um, within quarter one, okay. it'll either be probably late February or early March. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> I know it's, it's here it, yeah, it's because I just cleaned. No, I must. Admit, I, uh, yeah, I, I, I know that feeling as well. Like, especially when I've been sort of like, I don't know, knee deep in writing, that when I come to find something, it's under a pile of books. I'm, I'm scouring the entire thing, and it's, it's, it's gone. Whatever it was. Thankfully, my dad is the one who buys all the D and D books, and he keeps the shelf nice and organized. Oh, nice. <laughs> I always know where everything's at. Okay. Um. So the card game is finished, play tested. Um, cards are not finalized. I've got to change the design of a couple, but it is a game about growing weed. Okay, but <laughs> entirely. Yeah. That's the whole thing. The, um, was it level twenty farmer returns? <laughs> right. Um, you just get little cards, and they'll level up from you know one to five stars or one to ten stars, however yeah. you however long you want to play. Um, and it's sort of, I would say, exploding kittens-esque, mm-hmm. where you just like draw a card from the middle pile until somebody, until everybody loses or somebody wins. Yeah. Um, and your goal is to just get it to the, you know, five star or 10 star before anyone else does. No, fair. And w- without losing all of your plants. So I, 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 I'm, I, I, yeah, I'm curious. So, where did the like? Was it the case of the idea of the game came first, or was it the case of like you came up with the systems and then you were trying to think of like a sort of theme to add to it? Um. Um. So first, what happened? I was like, man, it would be really cool to make a board game. And then I learned how expensive it is to produce a board game. Yeah. And I was like, man, it would be really cool to write a card game. What do I know enough about that I can write a card game? <laughs> And I sat, I, I do most of my work in my bedroom and I even left the room. I went and sat in the kitchen by myself for like three hours after my daughter went to sleep and beat my head against the table until I finally had a card game that worked. No, I must not, I, I like, uh, was it the exploding kittens is, is a sort of fantastic sort of like quick paced sort of tabletop mm-hmm. game um no it, no in fact again I, I yeah I, I kind of like the the sort of going out of the way and and sort of design so wait i sorry I've just my brain is just clocking so from start to finish designing the game took about three hours like at least mm-hmm. a first iteration um yeah probably from sitting down and saying I want to make a card game to finished card game written out on like index cards was about three hours wow and yeah, so how, how, how did you find the sort of like playtesting process? Because again, I must remember, was it something that we kind of come back to occasionally on, on this podcast because I'm chatting about the, the pros and cons of 
uh, I guess, um, playtesting D&D content. But mm -hmm. with a more traditional sort of card game, again, there's not the sort of like, you don't have to worry about different, oh, much yeah, different party compositions or anything like that. You just, did you have fun? Are, are we having fun? Right. Do you enjoy it? Does it make sense? Um, and thankfully, like my family and everyone is super willing to sit down and play test the card game and stuff for me. <laughs> no, it's no, it's fantastic. Yeah, I, and I, I must say, I, I do think that there is a, um, uh, a a good amount of sort of skill crossover. I mean, like going out of your way to sort of design a game for a different system or designing something else from scratch. Um, you're still kind of flexing like design muscles mm -hmm. um, and and you can sort of again you begin to sort of appreciate some of the um, I guess yeah the sort of card games as a medium they have you know they afford certain things you get to sort of have these sort of interactive stacks of things that you can't necessarily one-to-one -one translate with more traditional sort of like tabletop RPGs um, right yeah I, yeah so I, I and then it was more the case of once you finish sort of creating this game you like I'm, I'm going to sit on it for a while. Um, yeah, um, I sat on it. I've played it against myself. I've played it against other people. And I just, I think it was more the effort of doing a Kickstarter was kind of daunting. So I was just like, mm, not for this. Yeah. <sighs> but then I thought about it and it's going to happen. <laughs> no, Hopefully. I... I I must admit, I, I think there is definitely a um, I don't I don't know what to call it, like like a a, a, a Kickstarter exodus. It seems <laughs> I don't I don't know if that's the best thing to call it, um, but it, it seems like again as 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 people on the sort of DMs Guild are sort of um, I don't maybe graduating. I don't know if that's like you know. Yeah, um, I've I've noticed that too. <laughs> but I think it is a case of like you know the DMs Guild is is great for the. D&D content and you know as as you know you kind of develop and sort of realize that hey I kind of want to create things you know understandably yeah, outside I, again, I don't want to do be... other stuff yeah um no I honestly that's that's really exciting I honestly I, I wish in come come Feb or start of March I, I wish you the best of luck with with the Kickstarter project um it's it's kind of no it's it's exciting kind of hear about these projects kind of like kind of pop out of nowhere <laughs> right um no fantastic and then um I, I guess, um, are there any, uh, to, I guess to, to, to bring it back to the DMs Guild like a smidgen then, <laughs> um, would you say you have any sort of particular um, dream projects? I do, and it's really embarrassing. Um, and it'll never happen because I've already tried to get the licensing to do it. Oh, no. I just got ghosted. Uh, yeah, that's what happens when video game companies end up owning licenses to third-party D&D content. No. Um, my dream project is to completely redo going in, you know, removing the problematic stuff, overhaul the, now where's the name? Book of Erotic Fantasy. Oh, fair. Yes. That's what it is. And so that's what I've sort of done in pieces mm -hmm. um, with like the half race handbook and the domestic handbook, yeah. bringing bits and pieces that I can. Um, I went as far, I got like the author's blessing um, 
one of the authors, one of the women who wrote it, she was like, yeah, that would be awesome. I'd love to see that. Mm -hmm. And then the trail kind of just went cold on the Mm -hmm. licensing for it. Yeah. No, no, yeah, yeah, I must, and I I think what it as well, um, the, uh, yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I think it was it. I know that Ashley May um, has done, I think it's a, not a similar project. Mm-hmm. Or, um, uh, I know, I believe Ashley has a project on drive through that focuses on like sex work in D&D. Yes. And like brothels and stuff like that, um, which I just think is super, super awesome. <laughs> so, I love it. I, I guess, I guess I'm, I'm like, I guess, what would what I guess what what is what what would necessarily be your take? Is it literally just for the most part trying to your best to go through and remove the sort of problematic content of the original? Um, yeah, there's a lot of issues with like non-consent, mm-hmm. even though um people don't give it the credit it deserves. It does have sections on consent and stuff like that. Um, but it's from the era of, you know. D&D is gritty. This stuff happens in real life. Why wouldn't it happen in D&D? Yeah. Um, so removing a lot of that, updating it, modernizing it, and just giving it a facelift. <laughs> yeah. No, that was it. Yeah, it, it sounds like, yeah, it's definitely something that would kind of benefit from, you know, almost like a, again, like a, the, was it the domestic lens for, you know, the, those, the sort, of, the sort of tables that, you know, want to bring this sort of stuff in. Right, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, no, interesting. And then, yeah, yeah, I, I must admit, yeah, the, I'm, I'm, I must admit, I am, I am always, um, kind of, fascinated by the, the sort of the creators who kind of, um, take it upon themselves to kind of look at, um, at least with like, was it the sort of D and D existing law, and they just sort of go, I'm gonna, I'm gonna fix this, um, and I, yeah, I just, I just sort of have huge respect to kind of like, you know, they're, they're sort of like, I, this is, this is something that, you know, this is the burden I want to bear. <laughs> right. <laughs> Um, no, interesting, and, and and I guess um, I, I I wonder if this is a bit, bit, bit of a weird question. Then, um, hypothetically speaking, if you were to go back, or if you were to let's say create like a um, like half race handbook two, or a you know adventures uh, domestic handbook two, um, is there anything in particular that you would like want to want to add? Um. You know, I can't really think of anything that I would add to either of them. I'm I'm really happy with both of those projects and where they ended up. Yeah. Um, and I just I can't think of anything, especially with the Adventures Domestic Handbook, um, which was originally probably supposed to be like half the size. <laughs> Definitely could not think of anything to add to that one. <laughs> I mean, was it that? That is the sort of the natural uh, progression of a project. Is you start it, it's like, oh, you know, this will be like you know, twenty pages. Next thing, it's like sixty. <laughs> right. Um, no, yeah, a hundred percent. And and I think there is like a, you kind of touched on that earlier, talking about like, was it like if you were to come to do the half race ha- half race handbook now, um, there are things you would probably go about slightly differently. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I would. I would take a completely different approach. It would probably end up being mostly the same. <laughs> yeah. I, but... I mean, but I think a good amount of that is obviously like, you know, as you, uh, I get the more you make, 
Um, and the further further along you go in, in sort of creating stuff, it does get slightly harder to look back at your earlier stuff. <laughs> and even yeah. like you can kind of be, you know, happy and and like I said, I still like you know look at look at I look through all my products with like you know like a rose tinted glasses. But then when I actually open the pages and go through flip by flip, I'm like, oh no, that's that yeah. box text is too large. <laughs> yeah, um, I have enough projects. So I can't really let myself look at old projects too much because I'll want to like redo them and like redo the layout yeah. or like redo a section. And I can't let myself go down that rabbit hole. Yeah, I think it's, it's always, you know, yeah, the, the idea of like that it, it's it, it would feel good for me. But then it's like, where do you stop? Like three, three years down the line, you'll be looking at that stuff going, I should I just you know, change the layout again. I've, I've you know. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I don't know there may be like a business model of like yearly revamps <laughs> I know um, I think Oliver's that he's redone have done fairly well mm. after like getting a little bit of a facelift so yeah I, I, and I know that was it Oliver, I can't imagine it would hurt anything but <laughs> Oliver also does the the sort of um, stuff where with each sort of like um, metal milestone uh, with some of his products kind of releases more content Mm -hmm. um was you did it with the god i think it's the gods of Faerun. um which yeah i, I think is yeah a, a, a fascinating kind of business model or i don't yeah. even know if you call it a business model um i i think the the not the problem that i have is the fact that like when i write something i think i would just like i would just be feel compelled to kind of put it in like from from the get-go or if like if i wasn't going to write it i would just kind of save it for like another project but i suppose it's kind of the case of like the rate in which Oliver writes, I think it's a case of like, oh, it's gone gold. <laughs> there we go. There's the new things kind of written. We back. We back. We good. Sorry, I think there was a slight, a slight delay there. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah cool. Um, well then, yeah. I, I guess kind of uh, looking. So again, using Oliver as as a segue. Um, <laughs> talking about the community as a whole. Then, um, are are there like who, I guess. I should stop saying are like are there because that's just yes. But um, who are some of the people in the DMs Guild community that kind of particularly inspires you? Um. So whenever I first made my account, I think the first people that I sort of found and was like, "Yeah, this is cool. They're doing the same. You know, maybe not the same kind of stuff I want to do, but they're doing the stuff like I'm interested in." Mm -hmm. um, was Cat and Laura Evans both. Uh, Ashton Duncan and Oliver were the first ones that I saw, and I was like, wow. <laughs> yeah, no, was it? Um, Cat, Cat, Cat and Laura Evans, they are. They're a dy dynamic duo. <laughs> oh, absolutely. <laughs> no, 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 100%. Yeah. And um, yeah, I, I suppose, yeah, you can kind of sort of see it as well with, was it um, the. Um, uh, 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 princess, t princess, uh, drawing a blank. The princess, um, princess project. Princess, princess. I, you know, I, I feel bad for. I think, I'm pretty sure. I forget the word project. I, <laughs> <laughs> I, but but yeah, so yeah, you can kind of see and and yeah, it, it's kind of. I, I must admit, I do I do like how you can kind of see that you know when when uh, kind of people join the um, kind of initial projects that they kind of join it, it kind of again it kind of shapes who you're kind of like. DMs Guild family is, right, <laughs> like yeah. yeah. Um, no, yeah, they're, they're fantastic. Yeah, and yeah, again, everyone's. I, I, 
it's that classic case of like when people talk about people they inspire you it's not like i'm really like no that's wrong <laughs> <laughs> um but no I, yeah fantastic um then and in fact you've kind of already kind of gone over like some of the kind of amazing stuff that you've kind of got working on um is there anything that you know that's coming out in the sort of more it's kind of immediate um that you kind of want to take a moment to kind of shout out um sometime probably at the end of this month i'll have a one to 20 lich class coming out Ooh. uh then valentine's day we'll have lovers in arms and sort of end of february there should be at least one kickstarter coming out is again i'm gonna valentine's day is in march February. Ooh, okay, fair. My, my, yeah, my partner is not going to be he- happy hearing that. <laughs> <laughs> For a second, I thought I had said it was in March, which I wouldn't put past. No, no, no. It makes sense because, like, again, I don't know why. Because I feel like in your, you just like you know we have the you know lit class coming out, then we have you know the uh, Valentine's Day, and then we have something coming. So it, it makes sense that you know you wouldn't say the dates in, in an order of which. <laughs> so it's just me not, again, not understanding when, when <laughs> holidays are. Um, no, it, it's exciting. Um, and yeah, fair, I, 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 any, well, what's the inspiration behind this sort of lich class? Um, someone asked me to make it. Okay. <laughs> and I made it and I liked it enough. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, 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 that's all you need. Um, Honestly, if I ever put out a class, it's probably because someone asked me to make a class for them, and I was like, I'm happy with it. <laughs> no, is, is there any sort of, um, was there any level features or anything that you kind of want to, like, give, like, a little, this is kind of cool? Um, well, you be, you can become a demi-lich. Always good. So if, if you would like to become a floating jeweled skull, that is a possibility. <laughs> it's not just boring old standard liches, it's four subclasses wow okay four variants (laughs) yeah no i must be yeah i think that being a demi lich is definitely up there um just because like you know it's 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 you don't get more what is it more more fashionable than that with sort of diamonds in your eyes (laughs) well well i look i was it look yeah looking at the time um lydia we have managed to kind of natter away an hour um Thank you so much for taking the time to sit down and have this chat. Um, no, it's, it's yeah, it's been kind of kind of delightful. Um, yeah, thank you for having me. Yeah, I, I guess so. I guess the the kind of important part then is for all these amazing products and you know potential kickstarts and stuff coming out. Um, for the people listening, what is the best way for them to kind of hear about it and stay up to date with your work? Um, the only thing I update regularly is Twitter. Yes. So. <laughs> uh, Twitter is honestly probably the best way. Patreon, I don't really do any announcements, um, just kind of release things. So, <laughs> and, and yeah, was it? I'll, I'll do. Uh, obviously, your, your Twitter handle will be on page, um, and then obviously I, I can throw a link to your Patreon as well. It's in the description. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. So people can find it, and um, I, you kind of mentioned before the kind of uh, was it Patreon content that you threw out was more like um, it was a um, did I hear it? Was it a subclass? Um, I've done a couple subclasses. I've done a couple backgrounds, um, magic items. It's just little stuff, yeah. not anything huge, just small stuff that yeah. I can stay on top of every month. 
Yeah, I, I think was it. It's more the case of like, was it, you know, Patreon is, is more of like, you know, I, I like the stuff that you're doing. I would like to ensure that you keep doing right. stuff. Right. <laughs> that, that's pretty much what it's there for is just another method of support and you get a couple of cool things. <laughs> nice. Well, um, yeah, no, I, yeah, thank, thank you so much. Um, and then, yeah, I, I, I guess I've, 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 been, I've been Matthew Whippy. Um, you can find me at Whippy Writes. Um, I, I'm fairly sure by next episode, I'm going to be able to talk about something that I'm releasing. Um, but I may just be cursing myself in saying that. Um, we'll find out. If I release something next week, I'll be right. If not, I'll call myself a liar. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, you can find, yeah, find me out. We'll be right to stay here about all that. Um, so I guess my final question then, Lydia, is, is how do we end a podcast? How do we end a podcast? I, I, I wish I knew. I've, I've, I've been trapped here <laughs> for so long. I get one I've ever done. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I think we'll just go with a, um, a, uh, a, you know, actually, you know, let's, I, I've, I've got an idea. This is, uh, this is how you end a podcast. Uh, this is a message to future Matthew um, to include this message and to release something, please. <laughs>